What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode seven of the Mint City Soccer Show. Johnny is doing a dance on the Zoom call, so we are good Woo-hoo. to go right now. <laughs> I'm joined, as <laughs> always, uh, by my co-host, Johnny Wakefield. How are you doing today, Johnny? Uh, I'm alive. I'm, I think that's a good thing. It yep. is uh, June. I've just realized by looking at the calendar, because there'd be no other way to really know when or where <laughs> we're living, um, but I am in my bunker, as usual, um, south of Uptown Charlotte. How about you? How's life? Uh, good. About the same. Have no absolute concept of time. Uh, it's good point where like both my wife and I almost forgot our anniversary that was this week. So that's cool. (laughs) That's probably not, not, not because, not because we forgot the day. Like we both know the date of our anniversary, but we didn't realize it was June. Like straight up did not, we're not aware, was not aware it was June. So we were like, Oh, we should probably, (laughs) we should probably do something. So we had a nice little celebration. That was great. Uh, but yeah, no concept of time. Uh, is it too early? Is it too early to ask the question if the uh, MLS team knows that it's still June? <laughs> or, oh gosh, I'm sorry. We jumped straight in. I, I take it back. I love no, that's, everybody. That's the it Do you th- Oh, crap. <laughs> that's the right. it We might get into that a little bit later, or at least on a different show, too. Um, so this week, we are joined once again by our good friends and MLS experts, uh, Russell Varner and Chris Ashley. How y'all doing? Like Johnny, I am alive. Yay. Russell is alive. You're also like balancing kittens, right? Yes. Another thing that's happening? Still uh, got the foster kittens right now. Uh, My wife and I, about a month, two months ago, uh, got a foster mom who had just had kittens. And this past week, uh, the adoption center said that the mom could be separated from the kittens, but they aren't, uh, they don't weigh enough to get adopted yet. So we now just have five kittens. That's great. And around the house, our cat and dog. Thank you. So it's not exactly like children, but it's about as close as you can get without actually having the real thing. I feel like there we're not going to talk go. anymore about how that happens. But <laughs> how about you, Chris? How you doing? Uh, doing well. Happy to be on the only uh, podcast that does not require PSLs to listen to. So uh, we are. <laughs> Man, Man, we are what, like not even not even five minutes in, a couple shots coming fired. out on fire. I love it. <laughs> so we have these lovely gentlemen back because you may remember a few episodes ago, we oh, in those heady days of February and March when the years world ago seemed yeah. normal. We did an MLS, yeah, we did an MLS preview show, which just seems silly when you look back at it. No, so- you know what's silly is the 2016. Uh, preview and uh and season preview two articles that i wrote i think it was my life on fifteen thousand words that we put together for the start of the season which lasted two weeks so there we go it was it was a good idea i remember tweeting actually at uh, one of the mls guys that we had already seen enough goals to decide goal of the year we didn't need any more good goals this year and that was (laughs) like in week two And I sincerely regret that tweet. Good goals. (laughs) This is all your fault. Yeah, basically. That's how this works. But if for some reason you've been living under a rock, uh, it is official that MLS is coming back. I mean, literally the tournament is named the MLS is back tournament. So (laughs) we're going to we're going to try this one more time to do another preview of the MLS season or tournament or whatever we're calling it now. Uh, so we have these two guys back to talk a lot more about that. So we're going to really dive deep into that. Um, before we do that, I mean, we basically just want to kind of say we realize that with everything that's going on in the world right now, talking about a major league soccer tournament feels relatively small and and we get that and we're fully aware of that. And so we don't want to feel like we're just ignoring kind of the things 
happening outside of our quarantine windows. Um, but you know, just, just trying to, you know, sit back and enjoy, enjoy soccer as it's coming back, but also not forgetting what else is going on in our world. And, and I think it's able to, you're able to balance those two things at the same time without, uh, you know, thinking about soccer and ignoring everything else. So we just want to kind of preface that up. And I know that uh, Mint City Collective put out a good statement uh, weeks ago, I feel like at this point or whatever it was, a couple weeks ago. Uh, Johnny, do you have ago. that? Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you have that in front of you? You want to re- read it I out do. and kind of put our statement? I can, I can read it real quick. A lot of members were asking if we were going to take any sort of stance on Black Lives Matter, um, which they do matter. And so we did make a stance. Um, we put out just a statement on social media on the 1st of June, um, here in Charlotte and said, I'll just read it real quick. Um, from our very first day, the Mint City Collective has worked hard to instill a culture of inclusion and diversity. As we continue to establish and grow our supporters group, we will continue to have discussions with our members and members of all communities to ensure that we can con- continue to grow and learn together. Um, the institutional and systemic racism that has plagued our country for centuries cannot stand and we will continue to work towards a better future and support the African-American members of our community as we move forward in these troubling times. We offer our deepest condolences, not only to the family of George Floyd, but to any of the countless others who have been affected in the past. And uh, members of the collective put that statement together and we put it out. Um, I think it was important for us to say that we stand by those um, principles and we do actively work uh, towards diversity as a, as a collective and as a supporters group, bringing in people from all different communities here in Charlotte. So yeah, we don't want this uh, podcast and everything we do to just focus on the serious stuff. Uh, we're trying to talk about the MLS tournament today, yep. but it is important that um, everybody kind of knows where the Mint City Collective stands on that. Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't want to go too, too far into this without making yeah. a point like that. So th- thanks for reading that. And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's definitely a big part of our mission. So again, we're, we're talking about soccer. We're going to spend all the rest of this podcast talking about soccer and various other things, but wanted to wanted to make that point before we get too deep into this as well too. All right, guys, before we dive deep into this MLS is back MLS part two of 2020 tournament, uh, we have some housekeeping to do. What's everybody drinking? I'll start with you, Chris, Chris, you're on top of my screen. So I'm going to start with you. Yes, I am drinking uh, Brewery 85. I'm down here in Greenville, South Carolina. Brewery 85 has released the Riot Blonde Ale, Mm. the officially branded beer of the Greenville Triumph, named in part after the supporters group, which I can only think uh, sometime in the future, maybe having a Mint City Collective beer uh, that maybe doesn't taste like mint beer because that sounds disgusting to me. <laughs> sounds great. Um, Something like a Notahito, no. but like twisted a little bit for mint, I think would be, would be a you. good way to do it. Sure. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, you know, <clears throat> it's a good, they, you know, they did a good job of thinking about the supporters group being out in the summer uh, in theory before games, which haven't happened yet this year, even <laughs> though they had launched this beer, but uh it's very light and good for a nice hot summer day. Man, that was a good endorsement right there. Beautiful. Russell, are you Russell, are you drinking? Um, mine is not nearly as fancy, nor do I have as blowing an endorsement, but it's just a fat tire. Hey. That works. That's fat tire really is solid. Here. That is my beer and my endorsement. On to you, Johnny. Um, as I've mentioned probably on every podcast so far, I have children and I am old. And so it is mid-afternoon, and I'm drinking coffee still. Um, lots of coffee because it was a long night last night um, with a newborn who is teething now. And 
Yes, long sigh. Um, but I'm drinking Enderly coffee, which is from mm. uh, West Charlotte. Um, a friend of ours started a company and has been working at it for six or seven years, maybe eight years now. And so we support them as much as we can. And if you like coffee and you like Charlotte, Enderly coffee is a good place to go. Um, most of their proceeds go back into the West Charlotte Enderly Park community. So yeah, Enderly coffee for me, um, probably until like eight o'clock tonight because I have to survive somehow. <laughs> what about um, you, Corey? I remember back in the day when we were drinking coffee, beer, and eating donuts while recording this last time? Uh, oh, the good old life. days. Uh, I am drinking. Uh, I actually prepared for this one because I feel like the last several podcasts, we've either been drinking a PBR or water. So I like made mm-hmm. sure I was ready mm-hmm. for this one. Uh, so I have, I'll pull up the can instead of the, of the, of the glass, an Edge City, which is the nice. new brewery across the street from me. Uh, this is the Mora, please, hazy uh-huh. pale ale. And of course, I had to buy it because I had Mora in the name, the greatest neighborhood in Charlotte, North Carolina. So that's my drink of choice. It's in the uh, Charlotte MLS glass that I stole from the, the welcome party as well. Nice. Um, I think the statute of limitations are up on that, so I can say that on the podcast now. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm having a good early afternoon so far. Can I put in a plug for the Mint City Collective pint glasses? Because basically all we do is sell merch since there's no soccer right now um, or no chance to get together in real life and do anything fun. <laughs> Um, but there are pint glasses on the website. If anybody wants a mint, mint city collective pint glass to drink their beer in the middle of the day at home during the pandemic, just, just plug in that. That's all. No, it's good. And there are a lot of other things, new merch things on the site that people should check out too, like sleeveless hoodies, which are not a thing that I would ever get behind. But like, I think people are really excited about, I don't get it, but sure. Bill Belichick is a uh, known (laughs) member. He's like member 57 or something. (laughs) City. Somebody on, on the internet said that they would never buy that because uh, I think because you have to sell drugs to kids to wear hoodies without sweatshirts or without sleeves. Wow. Um, but I actually have one and I have never sold drugs to kids. So well, everybody can buy one. We're, we're totally going to go on side. When do you wear a hoodie without sleeves? Like what is the correct temperature that that makes sense for you to always, wear? Always. Literally always. It always works. No. Matt rule or <laughs> That's it. Those are the only times <laughs> that you can do that. Uh, okay. Well, it's clearly not meant for me, but there's a lot of really good stuff on there, including the pint glass that people should check so out. Bad, there's no way I could ever pull it off. <laughs> you just buy a regular hoodie and cut the sleeves off and do the bell check, like Chris was saying. That's the way yes, to really do it. Also allowed. That works. Cool. All right, so let's let's dive in and talk about some soccer here. Uh, so first, let's talk a little bit about kind of the format of this thing, which I'm, I'm actually, of anything, I'm really excited about the format of this. Like, uh, we talked a little bit in from previous episodes about what MLS look, would look like when it came back. I think we asked Ryan about it when he was on. Um, Before we talk about the format, yeah. can we talk about how awful of a name MLS's back is <laughs> as the name of the tournament? I made fun of it a little bit I'm, before we absolutely can. I am a fan of it's at Disney World. Why not call it a whole new World Cup? Because it's basically, (laughs) it's basically the World Cup. I'm in for a whole new World Cup. Oh, you might have some. Russell, did you have one too? I saw someone in the Slack groups been calling it the Retournament, which I really liked and have stolen since. And I don't remember who came up with that. I'm sorry, I'm not giving you the proper credit, but that's. Both that and a whole new World Cup are definitely better than Don Garber waking up, realizing he had to name this tournament, and it's just like, um, uh, we're back. MLS is back. Tournament done. Like, did they have to name the tournament, or did you just say like, this is what MLS is this year? <laughs> like, I almost feel like no name is better than the name they came up with. 
very MLSy for them to try and give it a name, right? And then to feel as badly as this. I mean, the only thing that would have been worse would have been like the the Don Garber Invitational Return to Play Tournament, I like sponsored that. by Volkswagen. <laughs> yeah, sure. the, the Alexi Lawless Cup. It could have been more creative. I'll give it that. Yeah, um, I, I, I feel free to use whichever of those names you would like to use as you're talking about this tournament. I'm I'm fully supporting that. I think that the uh, um, for a lot of people who don't know what's going on, the tournament comes back. Uh, the first week of July, right? July 8th? July 8th. So players are landing in Orlando, or are they already there? I forget what I saw. I, I've seen that they, they have to be there a week before the right. first game played. So the in theory, the folks that are uh, in Group A and B that are playing earlier will have to be there sooner than some of the folks that are playing later. Yep, that sounds right to me. So yeah, this one starts July 8th, um, and they broke... MLS up into six groups is basically the way this is working. Uh, still keeping the Eastern and Western separate, uh, but three groups for each. Uh, all the groups have four teams except for uh, two of them, which have six teams, which is super confusing. I don't understand. We can talk about that later. Um, I think only one team. I think only one group has only six one teams. has a six. Oh, uh, yeah, because totally they right. moved because Nashville, they moved from Western Conference to Eastern Conference for this tournament and for the rest of the MLS season. You're totally right. I thought it was one of each conference, but yes, it's one, it's just one group. So we can still talk about why it's weird. I get the, the, like what you just said, but still having four, four and six feels like a significant disadvantage for that six team group. But anyway, we'll get into that. So they're playing group style. Um, the top two clubs from each group and the four best third place finishers will advance to the quarterfinals. Uh, and that's how we kind of go from tournament style from there on. Um, one other thing I was going to say about it is uh, they they're what I really like about this is that they're playing basically every day starting like July 8th through the 23rd, I believe it is. Uh, there are three games a day, one that's like at 9 a.m. and then two evening games that I think are like 8 and 10 p.m. And so you've got like, again, like kind of World Cup style. I love that it's like wake up, soccer, go to bed, soccer. You can just have soccer kind of for breakfast and dinner. And I'm really excited about that. Yeah, the last so the last two summers for me, we have gone on <clears throat> family vacation in mid July when you had the men's World Cup, the first week of the men's World Cup the in twenty eighteen, and the first week of the women's World Cup in twenty nineteen when I was on vacation. And my wife was really excited because this year she's like, Oh, there won't be any soccer to watch during the day while we're on vacation. And I said, Guess what? You're wrong. <laughs> this is perfect. The best thing to come out of this is MLS embracing kind of an early kickoff because one of the biggest advantages European soccer has, I feel, is that they have all the early kickoffs. So you wake up early on a Saturday, and there, you ha- while you have your coffee, you were watching the EPL or the Bundesliga. Now you wake up and you get into work, you have your coffee, you are half paying attention to work while you- on your iPad, you have whatever game's going at 9 a.m., not that I am encouraging people to not work or pay attention at work. Just multitask. Yeah, exactly. We're all talented people here. We can do multiple things at once. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, just from a nerdy standpoint, but I think it'll be interesting to see like what the ratings are for those 9 a.m. games, uh, just out of sheer curiosity, because like, who knows? I mean, MLS has done some weird things in the past. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they started throwing out like morning games if it worked really, really well in this, like when things returned to quote-unquote normal. Um, 
throwing out some like, you know, 9, 10, 11 a.m. game, whatever it is, something that's earlier than like the the mid-afternoon kind of style game. So yeah, I, th- I think it's great. And I think especially, especially great when we're all obviously, you know, or a lot of us are at least stuck from home or working from home. It's going to be really nice to be able to like flip on a, a 9 o'clock game to have on in the background. Well, the good thing is because it's MLS, just because they say it's at 9, it'll probably start around noon. So. <laughs> That is that is very accurate. Very accurate. Oh, three zingers already. <laughs> All right. So let's let's dive into these groups. And I know that each of you kind of researched your, your conferences. I believe Russell took the Eastern Conference. Or no, Russell took the Western Conference, sorry, and Chris took the, the Eastern Conference. Um okay. and I think we should say, like, because Chris just did an air air quotes research. Like everything we we were talking about this before we hit record, like this all feels like a total crapshoot. So I feel like anything we say, we should just preface by saying like we're it, it feels like this is such a weird situation and it's hard to really predict what's going to happen because of all the various factors of it being neutral site, of it being kind of a new season, but also a, a continuation of a previous season. Like how much do those earlier results actually matter or show anything about what a team is going to be when they come back? Uh, Chris earlier mentioned, I believe it was Chris mentioned like half year loans and how those are like, you know, not a thing going to be a thing right now. So like. I don't know. There's a lot of factors that kind of make this a really weird and possibly really entertaining and fun and fun tournament. So I, I, I don't want to speak for y'all, but I feel like anything I say and probably anything we all say are just like we're kind of just giving our best <laughs> guess. Rowan dogs, baby. <laughs> it's at the point where the writers for MLS or people for the athletic who cover MLS on a daily basis all come out and say, we have no idea what's going right. to happen. <laughs> no one knows what's going to happen. It's all right for us to come out and say, yeah, this is our best guess because we don't even know. I don't even think it's official if Carlos Vela is going to be there or not. Right. And that's going to make a really big difference on this tournament if he's there. Totally. Like, don't know right. how many players are actually going to show up. Absolutely. So, so let's let's just go ahead and kind of dive into these groups. We'll do it in alphabetical order. So that means we'll flip back and forth between the Eastern and Western. So we're going to start in the East with Group A, and that is Orlando City SC, Inter-Miami CF, New York City FC, Philadelphia Union, Chicago Fire, and Nashville SC. So I'll start with you, Chris. How are you feeling about uh, – this is the one group that has the six teams, which, again, we can talk about that a little bit right. too, but how do you feel about looking at this group? Yeah, so the six-team situation, you know, it, it's it's weird because you're trying to get to a 16-team knockout round, and with the unbalanced conferences, you didn't want to have necessarily two – uh, two groups of five. I have seen some math somewhere where somebody had suggested that for group A, uh, that their third place and fourth place finisher be considered for the, you know, the three be- or the four best third place teams um, that mathematically somebody could finish fourth in group A and still have a better uh, point total than, than some of the teams that wind up getting in. But ultimately, like, I don't think it's a big deal. You know, these were this was the group where Orlando City as the host are going to be in there. They announced before they did the draw that Miami was going to be in there. I think that's kind of a bone they were throwing to the state of Florida of like, hey, y'all are letting us host this thing here. So we're going to put this big first meeting of these two Florida rivals together in this group. And I'll say that too, when they when they did a lot of the the draws for these groups, I think people – started having this theory of like, oh, they're all rigged and they got these big uh, rivalry matchups in the group. And my only thought to that is like, I don't think that's the case just because you would think they would want to have those big rivalry games at the home stadiums of the folks 
with the thought that maybe fans will be able to come in later in the season, like you wouldn't want the hell is real because they're going to lose that game, right? By it being in this tournament, in the group stage, these count as season matchups. So, you know, some of that stuff, I, I don't know. I think the group draw was, was totally legit. Um, I think group A here is an interesting one because you're going to get two teams out of here. You have the potential for a third place team to come out, but there's a, there's some good, interesting uh, teams in here. I think in my thought, uh, I think your two best teams potentially to come out of here are New York city and Philadelphia union. Although uh, Miami is making some very interesting moves and they signed one of my all time favorite MLS defenders this week uh, in Leandro Gonzalez Perez. So I think they're, they're trying to bulk up for this tournament, but again, you've got, both expansion teams in this you've got Orlando which basically thinks that they're an expansion team that's how they play a lot of times and you've got Chicago who has been a bit of a train wreck over the last couple years so it's going to be interesting again I think the favorites here are New York City obviously is the the far and away favorite and I think Philadelphia um, has played really well last year and into this season but again with a tournament like this with with group play just like in the World Cup it only takes a game, one bad game, to not make it into the knockout round. And it, and like we said, we don't know what players are going to be playing, what folks are going to stay at home. With the games being so rapid, there's probably going to be a lot of rotation and substitution. I know they've upped the number of bench players. They've upped the number of substitutions. But I imagine you'll probably see a lot of young guys play in this tournament as well. So, again, it's a crapshoot. But if I was looking at it, I would probably lean towards New York City finishing first, Philadelphia also coming out of here. And I guess as a dark horse – because there are going to be third place teams coming out. I would say as a dark horse, I would probably have either Inter Miami or Nashville coming out as a, as a potential third place team. Do you think you, you made that point about like, should they factor in the fourth place team from that group just to kind of, as one of the additional teams that advance at the quarterfinals, do you think we'll have a situation in that group where there is a fourth place team that does well enough to like, maybe deserve it above one of the others, or do you think that it still is going to be a pretty clear cut? Like, I, th- I think MLS is hoping that doesn't happen. <laughs> um, and my honest answer is, I don't know. Yeah. I would tend to say no, because again, I think, uh, you know, some of these teams are some of the lower, what I would consider lower tier MLS teams. But again, when you have a three to four lower tier teams, like somebody's got to win those games when they're playing each other. So the chance, chances are that one of those teams is going to have some points, right? And and finish in that fourth place position with with some points. So I don't I the chances are it's not going to be an issue, but I think you do have some potential there that it could it could happen. I think that's right. I think that we're at a point where people just want soccer, right? And they just want to see what happens and they want to get out of the tournament. So even if there is like a fourth place team that's decent in this uh crazy retournament that we have, I don't think it that'll be like great outrage like there would be at a world cup if something happened wrong right like we're all just hoping to have good soccer to watch for a little bit yeah and i mean the stakes in the tournament are fairly low like there is a pretty big purse that's going to the winning team there is a champions league spot going but other than that really the group games are these are regular season games which the other thing about that that we didn't talk about is unlike the world cup sometimes you get to that final game of group stage and people are just kind of like not playing or they're playing their backups you're not going to have that here because all of these games matter for the season right uh, points right race so that's going to be that's going to be huge because every game in this tournament is going to be both teams are going to be competing at full board to try and win 
Totally. One thing I was going to add, and they're both in this uh, group, so I was going to ask, like, do you think, how do you think this affects or does it affect the two expansion teams that we had this year? I mean, I can't imagine, you know, you're launching Nashville and Inter-Miami launching and then playing, what, three three games, two games? I can't remember how we played. It, like, that seems like so long ago. So, but they've played a couple games, and now they have this, like, basically three-month shutdown, and they come back. Do you think it helps them, or do you think it does anything for them? I don't know. I just kind of what your thoughts on maybe they basically get to have kind of a, a three-month longer preseason where they can, and they can't do a ton of, ton of stuff in person, but they can do, you know, film review and things like that. I mean, I think it can only... I think it can only help them. They're not at a disadvantage because every team has had this three months off, but I think that extra time of gelling and cohesion with players who weren't familiar with each other, who weren't familiar with a staff, that definitely helps. The thing I would be concerned about concerned about in terms of expansion teams is how is this going to affect Austin and Charlotte coming in next year? I think that's the bigger question mark we all have is like, what does this mean for Charlotte coming in in 2021? How is that we've already kind of joked about mixing up the timeline the the planned timeline of events it, it's i'm more concerned about the 2021 expansion teams than than these two i think i think that's fair i think the 2020 expansion teams like when you see the resumed games over in europe right like what the main storylines are or how did they spend the few months that they had because they had time um to kind of put things together and some teams went and uh, didn't hold any sort of practices or have any sort of like training regimens in place. Other teams have been pretending like it was a continuous season ever since as far as training and workouts go and um, doing as much as they can distanced as they are in, in Europe and in England. Um, I think the question will be, how did the six teams in Group A, how did the all the teams that are playing, how did they spend their time? Because obviously they weren't playing regulation games in a regular season. But if Nashville spent their time like, training and preparing as if they were in the season and Miami didn't, well, that's going to be a big advantage. But the same is true with New York City FC and Philadelphia and Chicago and Orlando. Um, so I think it can only help the expansion teams if they use the time well. Um, but again, they've only played two regular games together, so they're still expansion teams. Yeah. I, I can't imagine that like it's not going to give them a massive advantage by any means. Well, the thing that I, don't think, I don't think it can hurt. The thing that Nashville and Miami have going for them are, are that they are in Tennessee and Florida, two states that have not closed down as long or not been closed down almost at all in some in some situations. I think really when you look at this layoff and what teams have done, you've got to look at the states they're in. And in some sense with the Canadian teams, the countries that they're in, what states and what areas allowed the teams to, to get to some semblance of in-person training quicker and sooner like those are the teams that are going to be more up to speed in terms of, you know, playing, playing matches, uh, match fitness. You think then jumping off that, that we would see, we're not into these groups yet. Maybe I should shut up, <laughs> but that Toronto and Montreal and Vancouver might have an advantage being in Canada. Yes. Yeah, so that's a good segue. We'll jump over to group B. Okay. Cause we'll get one of those teams Sorry. in group B. Uh, so we'll jump over to the Western conference. Now group B is Seattle Sounders, FC Dallas, Vancouver Whitecaps, as you just mentioned, and San Jose earthquakes. So yeah, I guess kind of jumping off that and, and just general thoughts on it, Russell, how do you feel about this group? I, I think everyone can look at this group and you can tell pretty easily who the two favorites are going to be Seattle and FC Dallas. I think, uh, Seattle enough is said just with their name alone, uh, team that's, made three straight MLS Cup finals, won two of them, arguably class of the West. 
Uh, FC Dallas, a young team with a lot of uh, not just talent, but depth. And I think depth actually is going to be the biggest key to winning this tournament. Because like you are saying before, Chris, so there's going to be so many games played in such a short amount of time. And you're playing in a lot of that Orlando heat, injuries, cramps, things are going to happen. So you're going to need some depth uh, on the, your squad. I'm interested to see how San Jose is going to do because uh, they've had a really high-pressure, high-intensity man-marking defensive system, which – it worked well for about half the season and then the team just got exhausted. And that's when San Jose kind of fell apart near the end of the year. And with them having not played games in Lord, how many months has it been? How many days has it been? And you're going to go and have them go right back into that high pressure system in that humid heat in that Florida summer. That's kind of a recipe for disaster in my opinion. And then Vancouver is a club that I don't think anyone really knows what to expect. Uh, expectations were pretty low for them coming into this season. But given that they have been in Canada, and Canada, I believe, has been relatively good during the, this, these pandemic times, so maybe they do have an advantage there. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't really thought about, you know, until y'all brought it up, the difference in states and countries based on where you are and, and could could really affect the way these, these teams are training or at least getting together and stuff like that. So I think we could see something really interesting there. Um, so your picks, I think, oh, go ahead. No, I, I was going to jump in and kind of go back to his picks. I think it's pretty clear that Seattle and Dallas are the class of Group B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that, again, would apply in a regular normal life, <laughs> normal season, but we're not there. <laughs> so who the heck knows what happens in a tournament like this? Um, but if I had to pick going into this, it's clearly Seattle and Dallas as the two favorites. Man, y'all are underselling San Jose in such yep. a big way. So. <laughs> <laughs> because here's the thing, like Russell's right. When they are pressing, they are a hard team to beat. And you're right. They ran out of gas last year, but guess what? They haven't played any games in three months. <laughs> like true. They're, they're going to come in and Matias Almeida is going to have them boys ready to play. I think – to me, San Jose is is a big-time dark horse to, to make a run here in this tournament, in my opinion. I think I think this is a chance for them because they're going to look at this as, hey, you know, last year our season we gassed out, but here's a short window where we can really make an impact. We can get a CCL berth if we win this thing. We can really make some noise. I, I think they're going to be – I think you're going to be surprised at San Jose. In, in your preview, Mr. Chris Ashley, um, you wrote that the biggest problem this team had last year still remains. They don't have a dynamic goal scorer. Um, yeah. Do you think that that's going to keep them back or no? Well, I mean, look, they, they, have, they have Wando, who we know can score goals, but he's like 100 years old. Um, <laughs> and, he, and here's the thing. I think he's there like the is, same age as me, so the, the slow other down thing here. But. The other thing we have not talked about, though, is that uh, MLS is going to have a short little – trade window that opens up before this tournament so and team to team there hasn't been a lot of like oh well who's signing here and who's because honestly world soccer who knows who's going where at this point Um, but there's always a chance they could bring in somebody Uh, but I also think in this situation this kind of format it's I think the goal scoring is a is an issue over a long season but I think in a short tournament situation it's not as big of a deal um, because if you can play defensively and score one goal or get a draw and get a point in the group stage, 
I think that's that can be enough in these type situations. I think that's fair. Yep. All right, let's keep on rolling. We'll go over to uh, Group C now, where we have Toronto F Canada. Canada. <laughs> group Canada. Group Canada. Canada. You, you, you teed that up very nicely, Johnny, where you mentioned Canada right before we got to the two groups with Canada in it. Well done. You're welcome. <laughs> totally intentional. All right. Group C is Toronto FC, New England Revolution, Montreal Impact, and DC United. How do we see that one shaping up? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, again, if I was just going to base this on the teams that I think have the, the best chance to come out of this group, it would be Toronto and New England. Um, but again, I think DC, I don't remember what I wrote at the beginning of the year. Johnny obviously has that pulled up. <laughs> I um, do. <laughs> he's always a dangerous, a dangerous team. And they, you know, they've added some, some pieces this year. They, they added my uh, favorite MLS player, Julian Gressel. Um, I think they're, I think they kind of hit the reset button on a lot of, a lot of stuff this year. They added a lot of new pieces. Um, and so again, having that, they're almost like that, ex, that same benefit that those expansion teams have had the time to gel and, and have that cohesiveness now going into this tournament. Um, I think DC is, is maybe a favorite to come out of this group either at the top or at least in second place. Um, I don't expect much from Montreal. We have Thierry Henry. He, as a new coach, he coached two games, but I don't think we know enough to know what his system looks like Mm -hmm. at this point. Um, obviously that could, any of that could surprise us, but, uh, yeah, I, I think I would lean towards uh, Toronto and DC coming out of here with New England as I would put New England as a as a high upside three third place finisher to come out and go into the to the knockout rounds. Yes. I like all that. When when you talked about DC United in the preview, because I have it in front of me, um, you did say that you thought that they could make a good run in the US Open Cup or a good run in the um, MLS Cup playoffs if they can make the playoffs. Um, I think this lines up to that sort of setup where you get a few uh, games under you and you can uh, make a run through a tournament style system. So um, in general, I think Toronto is probably the best team in the group. Again, who the heck knows in a tournament like this. Um, And then DC and new England seem to be a good fight for number two. As long as Josie doesn't tear an ACL in game one and then no Josie (laughs) up a Creek. Can I say that Josie Altador made uh, the mint city premier league season one, um, MVP, like he was, he it's, won the thing for Matt Chantry. I know this not, doesn't matter not, to anybody listening, but not real. It matters to everyone it's listening. Not, it's not real. <laughs> he wouldn't have made it through a real season. <laughs> he would not. But he's really good on FIFA for Matt, at least. All right, sorry. Really, that's, all that that's all that matters. That's all. Let him know on Twitter, like Josie, congrats on winning the MVP Premier League MVP award. Where can we send this nice trophy that we bought you? Congrats on making it through a season uninjured. We have to buy some trophies, I think. <laughs> All right, Group D. Uh, group D. Got, yeah, let's keep moving on. Uh, group D, back to the West. We were looking at Real Salt Lake, Sporting KC, Colorado Rapids, and Minnesota United. Russell. So my hot take is that I don't think Group F is a group of death. I actually think this one is. Because this is the one group that I legitimately can see any of the four teams going through. Sporting Kansas City, I think, should be considered the favorite because, one, they're Sporting Kansas City. And coming into this year, they addressed their biggest problem, which was striker and signing Alan uh, Polito. So there's no reason to think that they shouldn't be the favorites. Minnesota is a team that's just coming off a playoff berth and I think is really starting to establish an identity. Real Salt Lake is a squad that always seems to do well regardless, even though they've had a lot of uh, turnover 
coming into this year. And I kind of wish I said this more in the last podcast that I thought Colorado was going to be my sleeper to make the playoffs. But now I can say that now. I think a lot of people are sleeping on the Rapids. And I think they've actually built something pretty exciting there. And a tournament like this would be a great way for them to uh, break out. I think this is the one group out of the Western groups where three teams get in. And I think that, you know, I'm going to say Sporting Kansas City, Minnesota, and Colorado make it through to the next round. Concur. I think think that's fair. Um, Colorado also has um, two favorites for Charlotte soccer fans. Lalas Abubakar um, played for the Charlotte Eagles in 2015 and Clint Irwin. um, Is he still a starter there? Um, he's a goalie in Colorado. And Sam Burns, their left back, spent some time in Charlotte too, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but Clint Irwin is from Charlotte, and a lot of people hope that he'll make it over to the MLS team at some point. My here. fun, famous person story is that I went to college with Clint Irwin, and we had a media award class together. And one of the classes he and I spent watching Liverpool play a Champions League game on his computer instead of paying attention to class. <laughs> That's a good story. He That's plays at MLS. Story. That's great. Yeah, that, that is the one good story I have. Thankfully, it's a very good one, but that's it. <laughs> so and it ties in to Group D. Here's something to note in Group D, being the group of death. Uh, there are four teams in the first two games of the season that everybody played. There are four teams that had two wins, one in the Eastern Conference in that city, uh, and then three in the Western Conference that were Colorado, Sporting KC and Minnesota United. And you've got three of those teams in this group. And so <laughs> three teams that started off red hot all in this group. I think, uh, I think Russell, you're right about three teams coming out of uh, group D. And that's, so, so I kind of teased this earlier. I don't think we really talked about it, but to that exact point, do those results, those first two games matter at this point? I guess is the best way I can ask it. I don't think they matter, but I think they can tell you a little yeah. bit about who came into the season prepared. I guess that's what I mean. Like, yeah, go. do they matter as far as we're talking about this this preview of this tournament? Well, I think in a sense, like people get to hit the reset button, right? So if you weren't prepared to come into the season, <laughs> maybe you learned from that and you can figure out what you needed to work on leading up to this. But I really, I, I'm of the opinion that everybody's in the same boat in terms of disadvantage and advantage coming in here. It's how you, it's how you're preparing, what you learned from from that start to this restart. Um, I don't know if they're in an advantage other than, hey, they had they had ticked into something that they know uh, was working. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess my only worry sometimes is like since it's it, I mean, it's been three months off, it feels like a totally new season. So like rather than being kind of a continuation of the previous one, it really feels like something totally new. But I, I definitely see your point there. I just wonder, like for some people, those okay. those two games are like the basically look it's the same as like looking at the end of the previous year does that how much does that affect how a team comes into this yeah, year i think it's all going to depend team to team if you're a team that really struggled early on you're going to say no it didn't matter for <laughs> a new team or if you're like say philadelphia who was able to put on a hell of a show against lafc i think in the last game before everything shut down you say yes that is what we're going to be this year that's a sign of things to come it's all a matter of framing. Yep. If you, if you're one of those teams that won their first two games this year that Chris was talking about, then you say yes, that's absolutely it. A hundred percent matters. <laughs> or FC Cincinnati you didn't get off, to, or like the LA Galaxy, and you didn't get off to the best of starts. You just say no, nope, that was we, we're taking it serious now. You guys, we're for real now. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But to your point, Corey, I mean, that's, that's what you do at the beginning of the season when you write previews, right? You look at the last couple of games of, or how people finished the season before what moves were made in between right. to improve teams or, or for teams to take a step backwards. The only difference being at this point, there aren't a ton of moves being made other than potentially loans expiring. And, and maybe we'll know more once that little trade window opens, if people sign people on loan or extend loans or sign new signings. But I think, uh, I think you, you're doing the same thing you do in an off season. You're just looking at, Hey, we had just this small pool of results and what, not necessarily who won and who lost and who had that many points, but how did they look in those matches? Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, let's move on to group E. Keep plowing through these groupies back on the Eastern conference. We're looking at, uh, that city, uh, FC Cincinnati, New York Red Bulls and Columbus crew SC. This is a this is a fun group <laughs> because uh, look, I think you've got uh, I think you've got two teams that are favorites in that were favorites to win the Eastern Conference coming into the year in Atlanta and Columbus. Um, you've got a Red Bulls team who, in my opinion, is not great, but they are always uh, annoying in a sense. They're always they can always kind of upset a team or, or cause problems for a team. And so in, I think in this kind of tournament situation, that becomes even more of a pain point for folks. And FC Cincinnati, who is literally going to be breaking in a brand new coach <laughs> after their first two games of the season, and I'm not sure if they know who their new coach is because there's been conflicting pictures on you know, <laughs> when we announced the signing, who is this coach, we don't really know. So, I mean, I think I feel fairly comfortable in saying FC Cincinnati is not making it out of this group. I also feel pretty confident in saying only two teams are making out of this group. And I, I, I think it has to be Atlanta and Columbus. I don't think New York's got the horses for this one. Um, they, they could be a, they could be a pill for one of these other teams and probably determine what teams finish first and second. Uh, but I think, I think this is Atlanta and Columbus and it's not even close. Yeah, I'd agree with that. The biggest thing I'm interested to see, <clears throat> excuse me, is how Atlanta does without Joseph Martinez now. Because mm-hmm. so much time has passed, a lot of people, including myself, are all forgot about the injury Joseph Martinez suffered, and now he's out for the year. Mm-hmm. So how can Ezekiel Barco do when he's the one uh, carrying the team? P.D. P- Martinez, when he's the one covering, who does Atlanta have to step into Martinez's Joseph spot and take him or take over for him? I have no doubt that they have plenty of talent and someone who will come in and probably do just fine. Obviously not do as well as Joseph Martinez because I don't know if you can replicate those kind of stats anywhere, but it's going to be very interesting to see what they do to try and replace him. I I think the bonus for them though, is that they've had three months to figure that out. Yep. Whereas without the delay, you've got uh, your star player who you're, who you essentially build the whole team around um, though. They have a lot of talent there go out and then you kind of have to scramble and figure something out on the fly. Now they've had time to figure out, okay, so how do we play without him and work on drills and such to make that work? Um, if I have to look at the four teams though, Atlanta's not making it out because they're terrible and they smell like poop. <laughs> um, so we've got Columbus and the other two are also terrible. So yeah, I, only one, only one, yeah. only one team makes it out of group E. That's the Mint City Collective official, <laughs> official decision. No, I don't, I don't know. No, it's going to be Atlanta and Columbus, I think. Um, 
and anything else would be a surprise and surprises can happen in these tournaments. So who the Absolutely. heck knows? Absolutely. All right. Our last group, we'll move back West for group F where we have LAFC, LA Galaxy, Houston Dynamo, and Portland Timbers, which on paper, as y'all already kind of talked about, the group of death really being group D, but this one on paper looks looks interesting. Yeah, I know everyone, when the draw first happened, I, everyone, including my own instinctual reaction, was to call this a group of death. But if you look a little deeper into it, I think LAFC, LAFC and Portland are definitely the two favorites to come out of here. I think both of them are going to come out. Uh, Houston, I think that's assuming. I think that's assuming Vela plays. I think if Vela doesn't play, I'm not sure LFC, LAFC makes it out unless they're a third place team. I think even without Vela, that they still get through though, because I think they have the most talent, top to bottom, on their roster. And I think a move uh, that absolutely no one talked about in the off season was them signing Bradley Wright Phillips as a backup striker. So they have enough talent on the offset offensive side of the ball where I think they can do fine without Vela. I think if Vela's not there, then there's a much greater possibility that they don't win uh, this group. If Vela's there and LAFC prioritizes or gives a damn about this tournament, apologies for the swear, <laughs> uh, I don't. I have a very hard time seeing them not win it. That's- well, I think the only the only question mark I have with LAFC is the one I had coming into this season, and that's that back line. Like I'm just, I'm not certain they don't let teams score on them, and if if they come out of here with a couple of draws or even a loss, again, this group is so strong that every point is really going to matter, and I'm I'm just I'm not I'm not certain I'm not certain that they'll be able to do it without without Vela. And. Teach their own, I guess. Uh, <laughs> well, Barner's a Galaxy fan. Yeah, and he's yeah. I'm about to say he's pushing hard as a Galaxy fan over here. I'm a Galaxy fan, which is going to make the next thing I say even worse. I think the Galaxy finished last in this group. Mm. What? Yes, yeah. I know. I was so hot on LA coming into the season, but after seeing those first two games where they are still playing just like Zlatan is there, and Chicharito is not Zlatan, and it it looked so bad and. Like I said earlier, in tournaments like this, depth, I think, is going to be the biggest thing to help teams. And the Galaxy, especially lately, have notoriously been very top-heavy with their talent. There is not a lot of depth on this team, and they're going to have to depend on that. Uh, going against LAFC, Zlatan was the reason that the Galaxy were able to get points against LAFC. Portland's a team the Galaxy have never matched up well against and speaking of teams they have never matched up well against houston has had their number like each of the past three or four times that they've played so i'm i would not be shocked to see them finish last in this group which as a galaxy supporter makes me a giant hypocrite and a terrible (laughs) fan but with with the same thing we've talked about with some of these other teams do you feel like having this break will have allowed them to integrate Chicharito a little bit better and yeah. figure out how to transition from that Zlatan style to a new style that incorporates him a little more. That's the hope, but they had an entire offseason to do that. And then the <laughs> first game of the season, all they did was just try to put in a bunch of crosses to them. So I'm hoping that they've learned and that they try to change their style of play up a bit, but there's a part of me that's kind of – waiting for Gero Barroso to actually show some signs of changing his system as opposed to just 
giving it to our one good offense or our best offensive offensive threat there and have him work some magic. I'd like to go on the record as noting that Russell picked the Galaxy for last. Chris Ashley picked Atlanta United for last. Um, I picked <laughs> Wait, the Sounders what? for last no. place. And Corey <laughs> picked Stoke City for last place in the MLS's back tournament. So we're really doing well in this conversation, guys. Hey, Stoke got a draw today, which is not a loss. I'll take that at this point. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. No, I think so. So what you were just kind of saying about you know having those months to adjust. We've, I've kind of kept t- touching on this, but like, do you feel like there is one team or maybe a couple teams or one from each conference, whatever you want to do, that does benefit more than others from having some time off? I know we kind of all talked about it. they're They're kind of at the same level as far as like they're all dealing with the same constraints. You know, they're all kind of at the same situation as far as what's going on. But like, is there one team that you think will be able to use these three months better than others to, to turn something around or improve something or figure something out that they didn't maybe have figured out in those first two games? I, th- I think the only obvious answer for that for me would be Nashville and Miami, mm-hmm. two teams that had say. no previous experience. This can only help them um, try to find an identity yeah. because they get some extra time before regular season games start. Other teams, again, it's all a crapshoot. Sure. Yeah, so, that's, that's what I was going to say just because, I mean, they had the furthest to go in terms of cohesion and chemistry that that extra time is only helpful, you know, can only help them. Um, I think, you know, technically since they're both technically in the East now for the rest of the season, if I had to pick one of those two teams that I would lean towards, um, I think it would be Nashville just because I think Nashville was closer to that point. Now Miami's added uh, at least a piece or is going to add a piece um, but I think I think Nashville was maybe a little bit more towards having some cohesion if you watch their games. Um, so I think it, it has a potential to benefit them more in terms of their preparedness level and their ability to to make some noise in this tournament. Uh, but I think both of those teams are the obvious answer. Russell, you agree? You're nodding. Sorry, I was just going to say they've said everything I had to say. <laughs> cool. Um, Perfect. That is how these work. I'll okay. say, when I've been quiet, it's because Chris and Johnny have said everything. <laughs> Perfect. No smartly, wit, smart, witty comebacks or anything to add on, so I decided best to just be silent and move on. No, that works. That works. I didn't prep you all at all for this, and I don't know if we even talked about doing this, but I'm just going to throw it out there and we'll see what happens. If you had Whatever to put money is. on it right now, who wins this tournament? Seattle. <laughs> <With a kiss. laughs> that was i think that was more for chris ashley because his obvious answer has to be atlanta right well i mean it? so here's here's how i look at this right i look at the teams that i think have the best potential to win if they make it to the knockout round but then i have to go back and say of those teams which of those teams have the most the highest likelihood to actually get out of the group round so I think for me, it, it comes down to the Eastern Conference. It's, it's a Toronto and Atlanta or a Columbus. And I think I'm going to surprise you. I, my, my tendency would be to say Atlanta, but I, I'm going to say Columbus. Oh, I like that. Interesting. There will be other Mint City people who are Columbus connected who will like that as well. <laughs> I, if I have to pick one for whatever reason, I'm leaning Toronto or Portland. And if I have to pick one, for some reason, Portland is sticking out on the top of my head right now. 
Just because you hate me. Come on, man. Yeah, the worst. I have no real good reason to pick anything because I am very much just shooting darts right now. But I just I've always had a soft spot for Columbus, so I'll I'll second that. That I would love to see them come through and win this one too. So you can't. I already picked Columbus. You have to pick. No, I'm going to pick Columbus. (laughs) There are no (laughs) rules to this. (laughs) You know this means too that since you two both picked them, they're going to lose every game. Yeah, get knocked out in the first. Oh, for sure. That's how how brackets work. Um, I, I assume you guys, my, cl- my closet Atlanta fandom won't mind that for, for this, <laughs> uh, this tournament. I forget if we talked about it, but this ends on August 11th, right? Yes. Does that yes. sound right? That's when um, we played, yeah. So early August is the, is the tournament final. Um, what happens after that? They, so they go into a regular season that they yeah. haven't released a schedule for, but they're right. They're basically going to condense the season and they're going to figure that out in some variety. And we all hope that we're still living. And that's basically how it goes. Basically. <laughs> like, who the heck knows what happens in August? I don't know why I'm asking. Things have eased up enough for them to be like, okay, we're going to try to play a game not in Orlando this time. Right, right. I think their hope is we're going to play a game and let some fans come watch it. I don't, I, like, that sounds nice. I think that's – honestly, I think that's why they're waiting to release a schedule, in my opinion. I think they're going to try to – as unideal as this is in every other situation i think they're going to want to lean towards front loading home games for teams in states that might be a more lenient to letting fans in a georgia florida uh basically anywhere in the south um and and then kind of backload maybe some of the games for teams that are in more staunch places of new york or california that kind of thing um in hopes that they can get as many fans in the building as possible i know that that again, whatever you think about that, that's that's your own opinion. But I I think this is this is the the place we're at. I'm looking at it as a fan of a USL League One team and who's kind of in that same situation of what is what is it going to look like when our league cranks back up? Are fans going to be allowed to come in? Are they going to shift the schedule to do that same thing where here in South Carolina we haven't really closed down ever? Um, so maybe they would want to front load some games in Greenville with the hope that fans are going to come in. It's probably more important on the lower levels than it is at MLS, but MLS is still driven a lot by butts in seats and, and tickets through the gate. It really is like the league can't afford to do uh, very much without selling tickets for it. So um, I think, I think that's like this tournament is great and I'm happy we got to talk about mm-hmm. it. And I'm happy that soccer is going to come back and we get to watch it pretty soon here. Well, um, I'm really curious th- to see where it goes. Let me add one more thing. I have tickets for a MLS match July 12th, and it mm-hmm. I got the note last week that the match was postponed but not canceled because mm-hmm. they're they're not going to cancel it because they're hoping that at some point they're going to be able to let fans come in. So right. if that gives you any indication of where they're at as a league, they're not saying, hey, these games that are already passed, we're wiping them out. I think they're going to try to reschedule. They're going to hopefully try to get people in, in the stands as much as sure. possible. I mean, who the heck? I must say, it's just so hard to think like <laughs> right. any any time in the future what's going to happen and what's going to look like. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think all this aside, like I think we can we can all agree that pretty excited to have MLS back. Um, just, I mean, it was exciting to have any soccer back for a while there, but now we're getting you know England's come back and now we've got MLS coming back. It's just really exciting to see these leagues have to restart and have some soccer to watch all day every day for a little while here. So this is going to be really great. 
MLS is back. (laughs) Tournament. A whole new World Cup. (laughs) I thought for a long time they were calling it the hashtag MLS is back tournament because that's how they tweet about it. That would have been even better. I thought, good Lord. (laughs) Is that what we're calling it? The hashtag MLS is back? Duke's mayonnaise MLS is back tournament. Oh, the Duke. Don't start with the Duke mayonnaise now. (laughs) Man. Imagine a bowl full of mayonnaise, please. And then then I just threw up all over my kitchen table. Look, Duke's mayonnaise is just like the perfect sponsor for a Southern. (laughs) And hold hold on. Also, anybody who was confused about what a tomato sandwich is, can please go back to Ohio. (laughs) Just please go back to Ohio. Like that is a very staple Southern thing. It's like, what? That doesn't sound like a sandwich. That is absolutely a sandwich. I don't even like tomatoes, but like those sandwiches are like a staple Southern food. So sounds disgusting. And also, uh, Greenville person up there. I mean, like Dukes is what you're like. That's your your calling card up there or down there. I guess I don't. Ca- I don't care. The boy <laughs> does not do mayonnaise. <laughs> All right. It is the we, devil's condiment. Well, completely off the rails. <laughs> All right, um, Johnny. I'm going to throw this out to you as we kind of close things out, and we'll probably have a a, oh, great. a a podcast coming up soon, hopefully about some more about this. But like. Where do things stand as far as Charlotte MLS is looking and kind of getting into the summer here and, and the, the soon of our announcements? Have uh, Any updates you want to share? I mean, we talked about a little bit in the first minute that uh, it is still June. <laughs> there have been some stories that uh, a name is coming out in June. Um, there are only a few days left in June. So um, what we've heard a little bit is that it probably won't come in June. Um, in, in a Zoom call we had with the team, um, the Mint City Collective had, they said, hopefully by the end of summer, um, Good. the well, news well, about June came out after that. So I'm hoping for any time before I die, and also <laughs> hopefully before the end of September, which is the end of summer. Um, nothing public else has been said. So do you th- that's kind of where that's kind of where we sit. Do you think the other they thing were- they originally talked about in that original timeline was potentially hiring a manager coach this summer? So yeah. I, will we have a manager or a team name first? That's the real question. <laughs> will we I think find out I think before the first game or like when yes. the team comes out. Is that going to be when we find out what the colors are, what the press looks like, and what the team when they walk the out. colors, players, we'll probably, coach? We'll see them all yeah, come out at once. <laughs> Oh, good. We have that. No, I I think they've promised that we'll have merchandise available as soon as they announce the team name. Um, I think it's fair to start asking questions about the timelines, um, the timelines of are we going to get a coach when the European calendar is so messed up right now and when things are happening in different times than what they expected? Are we going to get a name when the league has shifted to this tournament and probably wants focused to be on that? Is there like timings thrown off by the league are there timings thrown off in the charlotte office um the charlotte team is also obviously connected pretty closely to the panthers the panthers have things kind of thrown off with the nfl as it is um so there's just a lot of upheaval and i don't think it's complete like obviously we all want all the things to happen as soon as possible because we're fans and we're listening to podcasts in the summer and recording podcasts (laughs) when we don't even have a team yet um but i think it's also fair to understand that upheaval is going to happen now and we joked i think in maybe episode three that maybe we won't have a team until 2025 like who the heck knows what's going to happen now that the pandemic (laughs) i don't think anybody said 2025 i think maybe we said 2022 (laughs) (laughs) well 2022 like we don't know and i think it's fair to kind of um it's probably best practice to not expect anything because the world's kind of a mess and probably practical to say 
things aren't going to happen on the timeline we want or expected. Um, and if that involves waiting another year or waiting two years or the league deciding to back things up or us not getting a brand until the day before the team plays a game, like who the heck knows? Um, that's not just the fans. I think that's the team not. too. I think it the is. team, this is not anything that the team or management wanted either. I mean, this is, right. you know, this thing is thrown off for everybody. Or the league, right? Like nobody right. wants this um, to be playing out as it's playing out. And we just need to kind of understand that and have some perspective. I I also understand people being pissed about it um, because they've either put money into it or um, time and effort and desire, um, whatever, into wanting all these things as they happen. But like some perspective has to be kept sure. <laughs> for the state of the world we're in. Come on. Sure. Totally. I, I, I completely agree with that, but I do really think, and, and again, if it's not, if it's not Charlotte's fault, then whatever, maybe we'll find out about that later. But like, I completely agree, but I feel like they, Charlotte, they being Charlotte really, really missed an opportunity here. A huge opportunity yep. to keep the momentum going from December. I mean, cause think about December, like it's crazy. that it goes back in December, but like, we were all pumped and there was a lot of energy around that. And you had like the announcement and the party and things kind of leading up to it. it was like, okay, things are going. And then it's gone completely radio silent since then. And I think they right. really missed an opportunity to have basically like they could release the brand and have all of the attention because there was no MLS happening. So just from an MLS standpoint, like that's one thing that everybody could talk about was the branding um, just from a Charlotte local perspective no other sports were happening because everything was shut down nothing else was really happening because it was shut down sports reporters in charlotte would have jumped all over some mls news if there had been any so i really think that you know i get that you know the perspective is important and you know we don't really know what's going on in those offices um and, and why things have happened the way they have but i really think if they and it seems like they've had the brand for a while like it just is just my guess just because they keep saying the merch will be ready when we announce that means like the merch is in a box somewhere and i can't believe it hasn't been leaked yet um we need to go find the box but, but that means it's, it's been decided they can't stop all of us let's storm the <laughs> storm the headquarters so it's been decided so i don't understand i guess this just really felt like by the time whatever whenever they make their announcement they're either going to be you know, I worry about them being overshadowed by just MLS being back to play. So it kind of becomes a footnote to MLS returning or other right. things in Charlotte are happening or whatever. I feel like they, they had a great window there from like kind of that April, May window to just own the news cycle with, you know, building up the yep. brand and getting people excited about it and selling merch and all that kind of stuff. And now we're, we're beyond that. I think, I think the, the flip is frustrating. That. It's frustrating too for people to log in and see green trees that they can buy for Austin's team, you know, yeah, on right. MLS store. But then, you know, this team's coming at the same time. You're like, well, they don't have anything, no identity. There's a black and white CLT on the MLS soccer <laughs> header. And that's, that's really the only acknowledgement that there's even a team here in some sense. It's so if, weird. Cause you have the team announcing like Academy signings. So you have, we have the future players for the team, but we don't know the colors or anything. We don't know the team name or like in, uh, in Mexico, there's a team that's moving to another city in Mazalan that got announced what a week, two weeks ago, Johnny. That I told yeah, you about that. So. And that team already has uh, the crest out, the team colors, the uniforms, I think are going to be coming out in two or three weeks. And that's all happened in the span of, again, this happened a week or two ago and Charlotte has had how long to, so I understand the point of having some perspective and that this is not all the team's fault. And then 
in an ideal world, this all would have happened a long time ago. But I think Corey is right that the team definitely missed a golden opportunity. Yeah, I think I agree with everything you guys have said. And one of the league guys uh, was, I was messaging with him and he's like, is there any um, perspective that this is the first six months of a 40 year franchise or a hundred year franchise, <laughs> right? Like, understandably we're frustrated because our audience at this point is um, like the 700,000 people who listen to this podcast and the 300 that are in our Slack. Um, but <laughs> it's a, it's a small drop in the bucket compared to the number of people who are going to be interested in this team come the first game. Yeah. And the number of eyeballs that will go back to MLS once this tournament starts and they have games on TV and like streaming things that they can showcase things on. Um, if, if the team, Again, we don't really know, but if they are waiting until this tournament starts so that they can have national media talking about it, like right now it's not playing very well to the Mint City Collective, right? <laughs> it's not playing very well to our small um, portion of the soccer-loving world, even the sports-loving world. Like we're a small sliver of it. But I think their perspective is much broader. Um, again, I agree with you three um, because we're all in the same boat here, but... I think their perspective is like, well, all of Charlotte, they're not thinking about MLS right now, but maybe if they like soccer, they'll be paying attention in July. And so maybe we do it then. Yeah. Or the nation, the whole nation will be paying attention to MLS is back on the MLS is back hashtag tournament um, on July 8th. Like maybe that's when we should start talking about stuff. Yeah. So yeah. again, April and May would have been great for our own psyches because we're all losing our minds. <laughs> um, and the people on Twitter and Instagram always are always losing their minds. I was going to say, um, has that league executive ever heard of Twitter? Have they ever been on Twitter? This is we what we all need do. to just delete Twitter, right? Isn't that the answer here? Um, can we get someone else to do it too? The podcast. People in power. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think stuff is coming. Um, I don't, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really you know, know what something. <laughs> I don't. Um, stuff is coming, though. I don't that. know anything. And the stuff time... is coming, though. <laughs> right. I think the timelines Soon. we all need to be a little, uh, keep our perspective with. Absolutely. Wow. We, we just kind of went on a whole Mike tangent drop. that could have been a whole other podcast. <laughs> we did. But we did it to finish up this one. About. <laughs> also, I don't know where we go from here. I think you just titled this Stuff is Coming. You hit pause you, or you stop here you go and just send it straight don't even edit or anything we're done that's, right. <laughs> that's dangerous but tempting Perfect. it's way way faster to do it that way uh well thank you russell and chris both for coming on and talking about mls is back hashtag tournament um and about <laughs> our, our aside on to charlotte stuff i really appreciate it and I w next time i hopefully will be able to sit around microphones and eat donuts and drink beer together again that's the goal amen and quick side note, props to you guys for now putting together seven episodes <laughs> about a team that does not have an official name or <laughs> or anything. I don't know how the heck y'all did it, but well done. We're, we're doing <laughs> the best we can. <laughs> That's all you can yeah. do. So definitely getting connected with Mint City Collective. You can find out at mintcitycollective.com, all the social medias, get on the Slack group, join the collective all that kind of stuff, get involved. Uh, again, as, as we were talking about, we don't have a ton of stuff necessarily happening from the team officially right now, but the collective has a ton of stuff going on that you can get involved in and reach out to people, connect people, play FIFA with us, uh, any of the above. We didn't really talk about the Mint City Premier League, which deserves we, its own episode we, at some point. <laughs> this is what we talk about when we don't have a team to talk about, is we talk about That's right. fake teams. <laughs> we have a 38-team league going on with 38 Mint City members uh, playing as League MX teams. 
Um, yeah. Okay. That's all we need. That's to all say. we need to say. We're the best. I'm the best. I won season one. Obviously. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> I won the tournament, the Open Cup. All these lies. Now I'm in first place. You won every game three nothing. That's right. <laughs> it's a good time. Dominated. It's fun. Oh man. So yes, get involved in Slack so you can hear us talk junk about fake soccer all the time, which is always which is always <laughs> a good time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you can also follow uh the podcast at Mint City Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Maybe we'll actually update that on a regular basis at some point. Uh we'll we'll man. we'll see. Maybe we'll do an Instagram live at some point. We've talked about it. We'll see. We'll do some fun stuff there. <laughs> so follow us <laughs> there. Uh, but also get involved with the collective. Um, and we will be back at some time in the future. I'm going to stop kind of making promises about being faster because we, we saw what happened last time. So I'm going to say we will have our next episode in next week. the future. Soon. Tomorrow. Soon. Soon. <laughs> Before <laughs> the branding comes out. Soon. I next love it. episode. Soon. <laughs>